You know what, Sam? What? We have another guest this summer. Yes, we do. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. We've hoped you guys have had a good few days. And Sam, yes, we do have another guest in uh, your friend Josh. What's up, Josh? What's up? Yeah. So, uh, Sam, uh, you um, you brought him on, yep. obviously. Um, so you want to kind of yep. take it away here? So him and I are going to just kind of give you like a chat a little bit about how I know him and how he got me into hockey. And then we'll get into the to the stuff all of you really want to hear about is what crazy things we have in our brains about what the Hurricanes should do on Saturday. All right. So, Joshua, you got me into hockey. So, Miles, you start by telling me where you got into hockey first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so got into hockey from my dad. My dad grew up a Philadelphia Flyers fan, uh, grew up in Pennsylvania. But then when moved down here to Raleigh in the 90s and was around when the hurricane started and then he became a full-blown Carolina Hurricanes fan and you know me being born I guess I was born the same year the Hurricanes got started wow okay yeah so was I <laughs> yeah okay so, so so was I too by the way all right yeah so that just I just realized that so that's kind of cool so yeah we got uh just got all the way into the Canes and I've been going to I'd been going to games with my dad since as young as I can remember you know you know be going to you know all the different games all the different conventions when the all-star game was in town we were there uh you know just watching the canes collecting hockey cards you know it's like it was it was a me and my dad thing um you know sadly he's no longer with us he's in heaven now but um it's a great way to still carry on his memory and his legacy and you know just you know Reminds me a lot of my dad just following the canes and stuff like that. Actually, crazy thing. Um, the last conversation I had with my dad before he passed because it was sudden, I didn't realize it, was <laughs> was about when we signed Calvin DeHaan just this past year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was just just random little thing. It was just like, oh, yeah, so Calvin DeHaan's on the team. So I always had a little bit of soft spot for him this season. I wish the season went a little bit better for mm. us, but... I've always liked Calvin DeHaan, too. He's a good player. He he, he did what you asked him to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, and, you know, me and me and Sam grew up, you know, friends since, oh, gosh, basically almost babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really young. And so, you know, when I'm, when my dad is getting me into hockey and stuff like that, that just sort of bleeds into, you know, making Sam come and watch Kane's games with me, taking him to games playing nhl games on well back then i was probably like the wii or the xbox 360 or something like and fun that. fact i've recently started collecting them ah. i have recur i've recollected nhl 2k9 2k10 6 and 7 and i have like nhl 04 5 6 like all the way through like the recent ones because why not they're cheap oh yeah <laughs> you oh, need yeah. to post a picture sam of uh just the collection you have of the nhl games and i'll show you after we're done recording too but yeah no yeah we played it all the time <laughs> yeah yeah so you know it just kind of rubbed off and you know i think 
Unfortunately for us, I feel like our fandom started hitting its peak right around the beginning of the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. So we were like, we were the loyal fans. Yes. We were the, because, you know, before that, like, I was a fan, but, you know, I was still, still young. You know, once I start getting in my teenage years and I actually, like, start, like, developing, like, oh, yeah, I like this team, not just because my dad likes this team, but because I like the sport in this team. Then they never make the playoffs ever again. I remember one of the saddest fun facts I remember is uh, collecting hockey cards growing up as a kid. I had 31 different versions of Jeff Skinner's rookie card. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. Was he your favorite player? Unfortunately, yes, for a while. Would you like to talk about the trades you've made to acquire Jeff Skinner no, in I fantasy? No, I would not. I would not <laughs> like to do that. I would not like to do that. So, yeah, so that, that just goes to show how naive I was and how invested I was in this team that was going to do nothing but disappoint me for about a decade. So, yeah. Yeah, that's when I became a big fan, too. <laughs> it's just it's like really like I think I remember when I really got into it was during the 09 playoff run. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I never saw playoff hockey again in Raleigh until I was in college. Yeah, and it was like, oh my god! And I still kept going to games. And so did you? You dragged me to several. Every year we had newfound hope. UC Okanen comes to the team. Joel Marutu, Alexander Salmon, and we're like, this, you know, this is going to be it. This is our year. Then- well, yeah, of course I'm going to keep going to games. It was <laughs> it was cheaper to go to the Canes game than it was to go to minor league baseball when the Canes were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the ten dollar tickets. <laughs> I mean, I've. I, I wish they were still ten. <laughs> it'd be lovely if they were still ten. But I would go like we go to games now, and like dealing with traffic, I look at him and I'm like, sometimes I wish we were bad again because traffic is so bad. Yeah. And it's just like it's worth it though because now <laughs> you get to experience what's really like um, going mm. to, especially just a playoff game. Or I, I mean, the only game in the season that experience that has that playoff experience is probably the home opener, but it, it's nice seeing it. Packed. Jeez, I don't even know if they sold out the home opener during those ten years. Oh no, they didn't sell out anything. I don't think, but yeah, I remember being there for game one against the Capitals in 2019. Yes, I was not going to miss that. I drove. <laughs> I drove three and a half hours from Virginia during the week to be there, and three and a half hours back that mm-hmm. night. I was like, no, no. I cannot miss this game. I've waited a decade for this moment. I cried tears of joy when we made the playoffs. And my roommates were like, what's wrong? I'm like, you don't, you have no idea. You do not understand why this means so much to me right now. Yeah, I scared my college roommates too (laughs) when McGinn finally scored that goal in the Oh yes. Like when we made it into the second round, but yeah, just when we made it in, that was a cool moment. Yeah, we, we we got a noise complaint, <laughs> and my right. roommates were trying to be be quiet. I was like, no, I don't care. But yeah, so that's that's about me, I guess. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, you and I have gone back a ways. <laughs> we've we've been to the games. You know, suffered greatly through. Oh my goodness, suffered greatly through so much crap over the 10 years what three general managers from rutherford to francis to you know i don't know how i'm sure you feel like once francis took over there was a you know that was the turning point and it ended up not being so oh yeah there was a million places i thought that were going to be the turning point and it never was you know it's like 
I feel like what really puts the nail in the coffin of just the disappointment of those years is when Don Waddell finally did make that trade for Dougie Hamilton, and we were looking at the trade, and we are like, okay, yeah, that sort of makes sense. And then the realization dawns on you, wait, we just traded away two fifth overall pick players mm. for, like, a pretty good defenseman, a power forward, and a prospect that will never sign for us. <laughs> <laughs> it was good at the time, though, and it helped us get. Oh, back it definitely in the did. But it's just one of those sad realization moments of like, yeah, okay, that sums up what the Canes were doing back then. I mean, I mean, how many times did UC Okanen get traded and come back to Carolina? I think two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rutu is the same. Eric Cole left in Can. I mean, you know, it was just these things where they would try to bring these players together to recreate the '09 team. I mean, you know, and then at that point, it just, they kind of were like, okay, we're committed to the rebuild and shipped Eric Stahl off. Yeah. And they never actually rebuilt because we were just bad enough to yeah. miss. It was, it was purgatory. It was, you don't, you're not good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not bad enough to actually win the draft lottery. And then we got Jeff Skinner, who was one of the best players in that draft. And I think at that point, you definitely, I'm sure, felt, and so did I, that that was the turning point, and it just, again, didn't happen. He'll eventually see playoffs, maybe. You know, he is the (laughs) longest standing in the National Hockey League for a player who's never played in a playoff game. There is nobody in the NHL who has not played in a playoff game longer than he has. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm aware of that. (laughs) I'm very, very aware of that. And Jeff Skinner, when he was is a kid, he, was is good. he still your favorite player? Oh no, 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 okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Definitely, definitely not anymore. Who, who is your p- favorite player right now? Oh, definitely Jacob Slavin. I love Jacob Slavin. I like Josh already. That's my favorite <laughs> player too. Yeah, I think if there's one person who does more to shape the identity, one player. Who does board to shape the identity of this team than any other player? It's Jacob Slavin. I think you try executing Rod Brindamore's system the way that he wants it to, without Jacob Slavin on your team for the full season, and you are in a really rough spot. Because mm-hmm. I like his his style just demands having that top guy who can shut down anybody. I don't think there is a single defenseman in the league who I would take over Jacob Slaveman in the situation where you have a two-on-one coming the other way and you just have the one defenseman and you're going to pit that one defenseman there trying to stop that two-on-one. It's going to be Jacob Slavin. No doubt. <laughs> and, and you've seen him stop Connor McDavid a few oh, times. Yeah. That's just how good he is. Oh, yeah. Same with Ajo. Ajo shut down mcdavid a couple times too and i'm like you know what i, I like that i don't like mcdavid so um, i don't I, like mcdavid i call him connor mccry baby oh. <laughs> uh, i like mcdavid mcdavid's awesome yeah i, I would I, love to have him on our team well then i would <laughs> i wouldn't call him that anymore if he was on our team <laughs> but uh, i guess the last thing we'll kind of talk about is you and i grew up seeing a lot of these players mm-hmm. like brent burns paul oh. stasny play in the national hockey league max patch then to see them wear this uniform, I mean, isn't that just... I mean, Burns had to waive a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stasny chose less money to play here. Mm-hmm. Like, is that something you could ever... You ever dreamt was going to happen in Carolina? That these players would want to be here? I mean, it's pretty cool. 
Wish they would have made the choice a little bit a few years ago. <laughs> um, maybe have a little bit less uh, injury tendedness for Max Pacioretty. You know, I, I loved that trade when they pulled that off for Pacioretty. You know, because I mean, is that really a trade at that point? It was free. <laughs> it, it was. It was a gift. It was a gift. And so, we, we traded a player called Future Considerations. Yeah, great guy. Um, but yeah, so that was a great, you know, great trade. And I, I love Brent Burns. I thought that was that was a great deal getting him here. But yeah, no, Carolina's finally a place where people actually want to come to play, and that's nice because we always had the reputation of being nobody really mm. wants to play here. Now that's Arizona. <laughs> yeah, now it's Arizona, and it used to be Columbus until Gaudreau did the impossible and signed there and somehow tanked the team in the process. I don't know how that worked out. But. <laughs> I think Columbus is going to be good this year. I just think they're, I thought they were going to be good last year too, to be fair. Yeah, that's so what we'll I said see. last year. So <laughs> who knows? I don't know. Maybe granted Philly. then Philadelphia was like dominating to begin the season. I'm like, this must be like the Tortola, Tortorella initial effect. And these players are scared out of their mind. So they're going to play in a gear that they're probably never going to find again. And then it was like, oh, wait a second. We're yeah. bad. <laughs> then they fall off. No, it all, all ended the way it needed to, I guess. Yeah. So. Well, I guess we will have a word from our sponsor and then get into the, the, the meat and potatoes of the free agency that is this Saturday. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpmai.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 8887897777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. All right, free agency, which is tomorrow. Um, we're going to be talking about that a ton. And uh, Sam, next week, we'll probably just do a recap of just this whole week. Because a, a, a lot's happened in terms of trades. Not just, not really with the Hurricanes yet, mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, by Saturday. But uh, we have a lot to recap on for next week. But yeah, let's talk about free agency. Uh, I'm gonna. I want to give Joshua the floor here, and just what 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 are you thinking going into tomorrow? Because I mean, granted, we're recording this on Thursday, but you're gonna listen to this Friday, so tomorrow being Saturday, 
what are you thinking? Is there something you have your eye on? Is there something you're like, okay, this has to be done? Is there a player? Sign Aho. (laughs) Sign him. For the record, he's not being a free agent, but it's it's an extension. Yes, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, like Aho needs to come back, and preferably, like you know, I was talking with them earlier. I I want it to be a seven-digit AAV contract, ideally. Anything under ten million a year, I think, would be great for just keeping Aho around long term. I think you know, given the age that he is, I don't think there's really a huge risk in terms of you know, fading off in those later years. I feel like his game does translate to having a nice long career. You know, he's not necessarily a power forward kind of player. He's a two way, you know, forward who can still score, make plays. And I think that, you know, he's, he's kind of got like the setup that it's like, he might like, he might actually have one of those like fine aging processes, almost like a Patrice Bergeron, where it's mm. sort of like Bergeron just kept on getting better as he kept on getting older. Aho, I'm not comparing Aho saying he's Bergeron, but I feel like in terms of how he can keep on aging, I could see that from Aho. I could definitely see that. Um, so sign Aho is number one on the list. Uh, second, like these, these Brett Pesci sec- speculations need to stop. Like, Either we need to extend <laughs> him or we need to figure out something to do with Brett Pesci. Because um, right before we came on, it was reported from David Pagoda of the fourth period that Brett Pesci, the, the Carolinas, either going to sign him or trade him. If he is not signed by July 1, he is being traded July 1. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, that still hasn't answered anything, but he did say that there is no real movement on either front but other than that toronto vancouver and i think it was another team that was uh interested in him vancouver toronto i think yeah another team i think just the biggest thing about the whole brett pesci thing is make a decision and be aggressive on that decision don't keep coming back to this oh yeah maybe we can sign them and then be like no no we gotta trade you stop hopping on and staying on that fence, take one side if it doesn't work mm-hmm. on the other and be aggressive in that on that side. Don't just keep thinking it, having second chances, you know? Right, right. Just because with all the trade speculation around Brett Pesci right now, I think probably one of the worst things that they could do is to like just sort of keep on going in like you know, they don't extend them, but they don't trade them. You go into the regular season, and now there's still, like, these trade rumors hanging all over him. Now you've kind of got, like, a disgruntled Brett Pesci who's sort of like, they're not extending me, but they're not trading me, but they keep on, like, I, I know my name is on the trade block. It's just they haven't hit anything that we want to yet, and it's just, like, the, like the odds of that panning out well for us is, like, zip. So. Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of what I'm thinking about Brett Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and honestly, I mean, we've seen players uh, like that before, uh, most notably Jack Eichel with mm-hmm. Buffalo. Mm. He was in that same boat. There was so much uncertainty in that locker room that it transpired or it transitioned into their performance, which wasn't doing good. So you can't have that uncertainty in the locker room. So you got to have that resoluted. Uh, honestly, probably before training camp starts. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's interesting to explore because then we have the, you know, Brett Pesci, if, if we trade him, that's a that's a big hole in our lineup. Now, I know, you know, it's like 
you know, our decors are pretty solid, but like, I mean, you go back and you see what the cane, like how the Canes have made the playoffs since they started making the playoffs again. Who's been there the whole time? It's been Slavin and Pesci plus friends, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, but it's, it's their show. Like they're like, they're not the flashiest people, but they're always there. They're always the one shutting everybody down. They're the reason why Rod Brindamore can do his system and stuff like that. So it's just like that's a that's a big hole, and I'm kind of I'd be kind of worried to see how you would replace the hole that is created by Brett Pesci being gone. Now I love Brady Shea, and I think he's a great player, but it's just I don't know. There's this underlying fear of just sort of like our decor has been defined ever since we started making the playoffs again by Jacob Slavin plus good like offensive defenseman and then Brett Pesci plus somebody else also holding their own and then having a good depth third pairing D that's sort of been the identity of our defensive core. And like you ask anybody what gets us into the playoffs, it's our defense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. And I agree. We need to be very careful in this situation. Um, I agree. I think honestly, I think Pesci and Slavin have kind of been the cornerstone pieces for this defense, but training a cornerstone piece, you better get back a lot mm-hmm. um, for someone like Brett Pesci. Elliot, so David Pagnota tweeted now. Oh, gosh. So Tyler Bertuzzi had been rumored to he was going to sign in Boston. That okay. is now no longer the case. He is going to test the, he's going to really? be a free agent, so he's going to the market. Okay. So that's, that's some news because if you remember um, – Taylor Hall got traded to Chicago as a cap dump. And that usually was an indication to all of us that, oh, they're probably going to use that money to resign Tyler Bertuzzi. So that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah you're right, because Boston's dumped a lot. <laughs> they have dumped yeah. a lot. And now they couldn't get it done. But he feels he can get more money on the market. I view that as a player, Carolina. If you don't kick the tires on, I think you're making a mistake just because he's kind. He's the grit you need. Not saying, you know, if he wants eight by eight, you do that. I think that's a mistake. But, you know, you at least say, hey, what are you thinking? But that's the kind of player I liked at the deadline, too, for Carolina. But um, the thing is, though, is, I mean, um, I think the to me the position of need the most, I think, is center, second-line mm-hmm. center. Would, would you agree with that, Josh? Yeah, yeah. No, I think – Second line center is really what you're, really what you're looking for. You know, it's like and Bertuzzi's a winger. Bertuzzi's a winger, and I'm doing the mental math here, just looking at his stats. The past four seasons, he's played about 120 games. I mean, <laughs> as Bertuzzi is actually one of those players that, weirdly enough, I would like more as a rental than actually having the player. Because the odds of him being with you for a full season and then sticking around come playoff time and also being able to healthily contribute and doing that year after year after year, I just see that as so low given Pertuzzi's health history. And maybe he comes back from this and he's fine. But it's like... I, I like Bertuzzi in the short run. I don't necessarily like him holding on to him for the long run. So I think I was in the camp as well come trade deadline last year where I wanted us to maybe trade for Bertuzzi as a rental. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to sign him long term. 
I don't, I don't think, I think that's going to bite you in the butt because you're going to be counting on him to be there and you're going to get 30 games into the season. He's going to break his ankle or something like that. And all of a sudden he's gone. <laughs> yeah, true. And I think Josh, do, do you think, um, the solutions that we're going to find, do you think that's going to come through more free agency or through trade? I think at this point it's going to need to come through trade, which is an unfortunate thing because you're giving up something. You're giving up something uh, like, and like, you know, it's just this free agent class is pretty weak, honestly. And we got so much cap to kill, but we've got cap for exactly one season. (laughs) <laughs> after that it gets a little bit dicier because you got a lot of people that need to be re-signed and stuff like that but um yeah it's 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 going to be interesting trying to figure out who that second line center would be i just i don't know what's out there. like I, I i've heard lindholm lindholm is probably the one that we get that we talk about the most i feel like and if you get him you're going to give him eight yeah if, if lindholm is moved here you have to resign him yeah, it'll be a it'll be a trade and immediately extending, and he'll get like an eight by eight and a half. That's about where he, uh, Bohor he wants Bohorvat money, so he wants around the eight and a half nine million dollar range, and that's fine. He's a good enough player. Yeah, um, he's versatile. He can play the center. He can play the wing. You know, if KK comes into his own, and you didn't have to give him up to get Lindholm, you know, then at that point you put Lindholm with Aho. That's going to be dynamic in its own. Um, or put Aho on the wing. Aho can play wing too. Um, I mean, another thing I think to think about, and you and I kind of chatted about this, um, at a game before is you're looking at New York, a team very cap strapped (laughs) and a team in Carolina who has utilized a mechanism to their advantage a couple of times. Well, it helps that I don't like New York either. So (laughs) doing something to screw them over might just be worth it just for the fun of it. Um, we all don't like New York, so yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, and their it, fans, we don't like their fans either. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Let's like they can't afford Lafreniere. You know, let's let's take a shot at him. Why not? He's a first overall pick. He's a, actually a powerful. He brings some grit. You know, he's like you see his stats. He gets a, he has a lot of hits. Like I, I want to say that he was probably like about 120 plus hits last season. You know, his stats aren't amazing but he's only really getting utilized on that third line you know he's not really getting power play time up in new york you know maybe a change of scenery is what he he needs and if you throw something at you know at new york like an offer sheet being like one year six million they can't match that not not and get keandre miller no. Also, is an RFA. No, no. Is there a rule on how many offer sheets you can offer at one time? I don't think so. Uh, it's, it's well, it's I, I what you for, can do. I think I think it, it's mainly on the player's history. I think it might be three offer sheets. I can't remember. So you have to have the picks. So you have to have the picks. If you do, and, and you they have to be your own picks. Right, let's say let's right. say you have well, another we, we, team's first round pick. You can't use that. Well, we got all our picks, so that's that's okay. So theoretically, if you do one by six, you can't do another one by six because those picks for the one by six right. are going to go there. So you could do another one that's less. I need to look at the offer sheet rules. But if you did something like if you just wanted to be really mean to New York. You could do something where you offer sheet uh, Lafreniere for a one by six, 
And then you offer sheet also Keandre Miller for whatever is the next tier you can afford. And you just do them both at the same time. And you're like, we're just forcing your hand. And, and see, here's the thing, like, like I'm, I'm more sold on trying to offer sheet love for year. Cause I think there would be a more of a chance that we could actually grab him than Keandre Miller. Um, I don't think New York wants to part ways with him, but even like we see New York as a potential competitor mm -hmm. for us, for the Metro here. So why not make life hard for them? You know, and we've got, yeah, the exactly. To do that. Yeah. And we're going to be doing this by the via trade market. And that's just how this team is going to do it. I mean, what I love to see Carolina sign Tarasenko Kane. Sure. Is that going to happen? No one. Kane didn't want to come here during the deadline. He's not going to want to come here now. I think if, the, if Tarasenko, maybe I'm a big fan of him. It's been widely reported. He's wanted to play for Rod Brindamore. So if he wants to take less money, I could see them doing like maybe a two year deal with him, but he has to want to do that. I don't mind but, giving Tarasenko money. I just don't want to give him term, which is the problem. He's probably going to want to, he's going to want to get paid. Yeah. And he's at the stage of his life where this is going to be his last big contract. And Carolina is not going to want to give him that. Now, if they do, that spells the end, in my mind, for Tara Vinen, which I think his time in Carolina is coming to an end anyway. So, and I've been saying that, and he knows this, and anyone who's listened to this knows this, I think Tara Vinen's done. I've gotten the feeling from him over the last year, year and a half, that he just doesn't want to be here anymore. Unless Tara Vinen has a Natchez-level bounce-back season. Which he could, because he has a co contract year, basically. He does, he does. You know, and then you got to hope Natchez doesn't have another contract year like he did the year before that got him the lower level contract he got this year. So we're in a place next year where I'm nervous. Oh yeah, next year, next year the whole thing is getting blown up, and you know we're we're trying to figure out what we're doing. But it feels better uh, with uh, the uncertainty of next year when you try to solve, be proactive and try to solve uh, those issues. This offseason, that's why we're trying to resign Ajo. Yes, yeah. he's up next year. I think most fans will feel more comfortable if Hurricanes got some of these contracts signed that will be expiring uh, in the next upcoming season. Especially when you have an op an op front office who has an abysmal record with our, with UFAs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so no. if you don't, if you're pushing Ajo back to next year, at that point, Hurricanes fans are like, "What's up?" You're going to let him walk? Because if so, we're going to come at you with pitchforks because you cannot let Aha walk. Did we re-sign last season? I know we re just re-signed Jordan Stahl, but last season, did we re-sign a single player on our team that was on a UFA contract? Derek Stepon. Derek Stepon. Okay, so it was... Yeah, that one hardly counts then. So like, uh, Martin Oak, I think, was UFA when was we resigned him. Yeah, Martin Oak was okay. a UFA. That was right. a couple years ago. That was a couple years in ago. In general, we have not signed big free... like. RFA, like UFAs that deserve to get paid, we don't do that. Right. Dougie Hamilton being one. One, he got paid more than he was worth. In, in my opinion, I would never pay him that. Yeah. But we offered him a an embarrassing contract. It was reported we offered him an 8 by 6 mm -hmm. I'm like, what? I mean, at, I mean I'd be at least 7.5? I'd, I mean, I'd be willing to give him 7. But. And it was rumored he was going to take less yeah. to stay here, but not that much less. Yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't. It, that was a bit too rich. For Dougie Hamilton, for sure. But, yeah, no, it's interesting to sort of see, like, because the Canes have so much cap this year to play with. It's just a matter of whether or not we can nail a 
trade down for someone. Like I would love to get someone like a Lindholm or some other good second line center and then be able to also get someone who's a good scorer, but you know, we can't can't ask for everything. So I've it's, heard rumors too that Carolina poked the tires on Hannafin. <laughs> so it's like we want these players that we already gave away. <laughs> so well, they want to, well they want to round out their defenseman. If you bring in Hanfin as your third pair, it could be worse. I'd rather take Tony D'Angelo. He's going to be cheaper, and I'm more than aware of what Hanifin did. I mean, what did we say when we would go to like Noah Hanifin doing Noah Hanifin things, just rolling our eyes because he would just give the buck away yeah. so much. I, I'm sure he's matured. Like I, I, I don't think the like the fans in Calgary dislike Hanifin. Hanifin's a solid. He doesn't want to be there though. He wants to come back to America. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's fine a, he's player. a solid top four. He yeah. just never reached that potential because that potential was like, I remember being compared to possibly like a Scott Niedermeyer, yeah, Jeez. <laughs> player. But he 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 never came close to that. But that was his comparisons because every draft is always those comparables. Yeah, but he never reached it. Well, and like just that draft class too. Like the fact that we, like, I mean, get usually when you are in the first round and you get a solid NHL player, you're like, that's a hit no matter what. But like that draft class in particular, like Hannafin was kind of a bust relative to like what we were wanting to get and what was technically still available. You I think at, we passed up on Pasternak. Oh, we passed so many people. We passed Pasternak. We passed Barzal. We passed, uh, I think Kyle Connor was in that draft class. Like it was... It was an insane draft class that we like just passed so many good players. I'm like, I want to look this up now because there was there was some really good ones. Timo Meyer, Miko Rantanen. Jeez. Yep. Anyone yeah. who let every team that didn't draft Miko Rantanen is kicking themselves. Oh but but we but we somehow made up for it in the 2015 draft, where in we the did. second round we drafted Sebastian Ajo. We did. We did. So that, that was our saving grace on that. But it would have been how much more awesome would it be to have on our team like Miko Rantanen and Sebastian Ajo? And good and there are other good defensemen too. Zach Wierenski. Yeah, Zach Wierenski was taken after. <laughs> Zach Wierenski was eighth overall that year. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah. I, I, I remember that draft very well, though, because Hannafin was very overly hyped. Yeah. To be this top two defenseman, he oh, just yeah. never reached. So it. was Jake Bean. Jake Bean wasn't rated that at that high compared to no 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 not compared to Noah Hannafin, but Jake Bean was supposed to be the next like better version of Joe Corvo for us. Oh, Joe Corvo. Oh no, Corvo. <laughs> yep. And then so it was like Aiden Fleury is supposed to come in here and be that like elite level defenseman. It's like. We drafted Where's all these. He at now? I don't even know if he's playing in the NHL. I think he's with Seattle. Okay. Or no, Tampa. I think it's Tampa. It's Tampa. And he didn't have a roster spot, I don't think. Hmm. However, there's some people on Twitter who just adore him. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sad he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So another issue for Kings to face during free agency day goaltending. Hmm. That's going to be something. You only have Kachekov signed. And that's not good enough. You need to have two goalies. I am not advocating for three. Yeah. I really am not. Uh, 
that's that's a tough one because the one area where I feel like there is a good market to pick up a decent goaltender, it, like in sort of the free agency land, I feel like there are decent options at goaltending. The pro, I, I feel like it, right? There's like Corpusalo, Jari. Yeah. Um, is Samson or no 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 uh, Varlamov is he available like yes uh, Semyon Varlamov yeah, yeah from the Islanders so another quick thing because the Pesci stuff starting to roll in a little bit more oh, no. frequently some guy oh, tweeted gosh. and this is someone that deals with like he's a co-founder of the Hockey Pod Network he said he's hearing Canucks have made an offer to the Canes for Pesci Ballard Raymond and a second for Pesci I don't know who those two players are yeah I was about to say what <laughs> you said Vancouver <laughs> yeah. I feel like at that point those must be prospects. I don't. I don't know if this is serious or not, but I hope it's not. Um, that is that is not good enough. Tell me those players again. Uh, Ballard, Raymond, and a second for Pesci. I mean, I know they used to have a player named Mason Raymond on the team, but that dude's gone years. Yeah, ago. no, that's that, that's not the Raymond I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first thing that came to my mind when you said Raymond, I was like, Lucas Raymond from I was like, Okay, that one's a little bit more interesting. But no, no, no. I don't know who this other Raymond is. Plus, uh, Steve Weiserman, he is a smart GM. I can't see him trading nah. a young, great player like Raymond. It nah. just doesn't make sense. Nah. Okay, who is Raymond? Is he on their roster? Or am I going down to the second set of people? I'm going down to the second set of people. Someone said Brett and a pick for Marner or Nylander. That's all I'll accept. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of, and since that came out less than 20 minutes ago from Pugnota, people have, I mean, even Brett Pesci's dad has been talking. I mean, I guess that's a player we're actively moving around. So Man. Um, they just need to make up their mind on Pesci. And my, but and I guess, uh, I guess kind of, I'll, I guess I'll weigh in on the goaltending. Um, I view more of uh, uh, the situation as if I'm picking, keeping one of our two, I keep Ranta because I view Kochetkov as one B one a kind of a goalie and Ranta can do that too. I don't want to, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to pay a starting goalie salary. I just, I don't, I feel Kochetkov can do it unless it's like a player like Varlamov who I feel like could get cheaper, who could also be a starter in the case of an emergency. If Kochetkov goes to hell in a handbasket, which he did this season a little bit. Um, See, that's, that's so tough. Cause it's like, I, I, I like, I, I get the idea of that. And Carolina, at least in the past has done a good job at turning goalies who are mid into looking really good. McElhinney, Morazic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this season was kind of an anomaly. Like none of our goalies were stellar during the regular season. It felt like, but like it was our defense that kept them. He yeah, doesn't the like this. I'm cool with re-signing Alex Nedeljkovic. No, <laughs> no, because no. no. thank I, you. I think thank he. You. Well, I think he's better in this system. A lot of goalies any are goalie. better. Yeah, are, about to say, so any I'm go- comfortable goalie. with. Nen. You bring back Scott Darling now, and he would be okay. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, that just gives me a headache. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy couldn't stop a beach ball. <laughs> I think if we brought back Scott Darling now, his goals against average would be under three. <laughs> Were they ever under three when he was here? <laughs> I think we could get it under three. <laughs> I'll never forgive Francis for that sign either. <laughs> no, but uh, the point is, no to Nadelkovich. <laughs> 
I'm Ranta is is tough. I'm I, I think I'm slightly more in the Anderson camp than I am the Ranta camp. I think Anderson can hand or I think Anderson is a little bit made of glass, but I feel like that gives Kachetkov more room to sort of be able to prove himself some. But as long as you can have a healthy Anderson come playoff time, I feel like that's sort of what you're wanting to. Like even if you like if we get towards the playoff stretch and we're we know we're in, just start Kachetkov for like 13 of the last 15 games. Let Anderson get his rest so that he can come in fully healthy for the playoffs and just do his thing. Because he was he was really good these playoffs. Yeah, he was. Um, again, it's going to be tough. I think probably. I, I I think I'm kind of with you, Josh, in the fact that we probably need to bring in Anderson uh, more than probably Ranta. So just kind of go through. I'll quickly list off, rattle off like the UFA market for goalies mm-hmm. that are names that I you know just that stick out. Uh, Jonathan Quick, Varlamov. Freddie, Jonathan Bernier, Cam Talbot, Tristan Jari. I didn't know he was a UFA. Um, mm-hmm. Ned, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, Laurent Brussois. Uh, he was a Vegas goalie before he got hurt, and he was right, doing pretty well. Right. Um, Aiden Hill's been signed. What does um, that mean for Logan Thompson? I think he's RFA, so they could try to move him, or they might let, or they might have it Hill and and Thompson one A one B. It's they're just, still holding on to Leonard, aren't they? Yeah, Leonard's under contract. Yeah, and he, but no one wants him because that we, we there's so much uncertainty there. Right. So Vegas has a lot of goaltending. Um, you mentioned Corpusalo. He is a UFA, mm-hmm. so he's available if they choose if LA chooses to go a different direction. Um, Swayman's an RFA, so the question happens here: What's up with Boston? Because they have Allmark and they have um other stuff too. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, uh, free agency is definitely going to be interesting. Um, Josh, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for, for coming me. on. And uh, so, yeah, we will see you guys for the next episode. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at The Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.